0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nitus Anarchy Series. I'm your host, Adam, the CIO of NIDIS, And today I have Mark Creepmore with E-Security Partners. Ah. Ah. Welcome. Hi. Good to be here. So we've been friends now for a few years. We've been working on and off on various projects. Um, but, you know, I really wanted to get you on because you work in a completely different world than I do, you're big in Windows. Like from everything Windows side, you've, you've been just murdering it. And I would say every time I have a question on Windows or if I need help with the Windows, I always go to you because, and I'm gonna go for you and your guys because you're way better than I will ever be in anything Windows, especially from like the identity management perspective. Um, so I don't wanna like make, blow you up too big, but you wanna tell me tell me a little bit about your background and kind of how you kind of started and where you come from? Sure. So. Uh... I started uh, in
1: the electrical engineering space many, many years ago. Um, <laughs> and then uh, as I got into more identity, I guess it was more maybe meta directory back in the day before the world was my day. Oh, I haven't before. heard that in a while. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were doing some, you know, Perl script based Open LDAP identity. <laughs> back wow. In the day. Um, then I uh, got to, went to, to Tivoli when they, uh, purchased Access 360 and for okay. the in TAM stuff, what and then around 2003, when Microsoft oh, kind of really got on the on the playing field um, with MIS, uh, been doing Microsoft stuff ever since.
0: Okay, so let's go back to 2003 when your main competitors, I guess, at that point would have been Tivoli, um, from IBM, you got the Oracle, they just came out like 2004 ish, was like, you know, was an OIM, or, well, Accelerate, you know, then they got bought out and um, Sun, um, they were the kind of the bigger players, I'd say, probably the more along the lines of how, what was kind of the advantages of the Microsoft suite versus, I mean, there's the obvious, if you're a Microsoft shop and everything's Windows, this is the best, but what would you say, like product wise, why was Microsoft kind of in your mind superior than the others back then?
1: So that's that's a bit of a loaded question, because I would probably say in 2003, they were not superior necessarily, right? They were okay. just kind of getting into the space. Um, and I think it was actually good from my standpoint. It was more of us at the time building a company in the Microsoft ecosystem, um, but it was actually kind of good coming from Tivoli Identity Manager, which I think at the time was Probably it was a superior product to MIIS at that time, um, but it gave us a good feel for what was out there and what the competitors would had. And it had helped us um, actually bring some additional components to the Microsoft space that they didn't start out with. You know, it really, they never really had a good web interface and SSPR capabilities and things like that until 2010.
0: Yeah. And then, Eventually, the whole, well, so then it went from MIAS to MIM or FIM? So in, or what was in, the
1: progression there? In 2007, it went to Identity Lifecycle Manager. Oh, ILM, okay. So, which was kind of an MIS, um, you know, P2 or something, Rev2.
0: Okay. Um, and now it's gone, right? Now they've completely changed. Now it's just Entra. What is it now? I don't even know anymore. I'm so confused with Microsoft's naming. <laughs> So, yeah, so in 2010,
1: it became uh, Forefront Identity Manager. And then in 2016, it was just Microsoft Identity Manager. So Microsoft Identity Manager is still around. Um, They've announced end of life as January 2029. Oh, so it's still got a while. So, yeah, so it's still around. There's still a lot of existing clients out there. So they've been slowly building up the the Entra space, you know, is Azure and now kind of everything's packaged more in the Entra um, branding uh, to slowly you know, get all the pieces there. So you can start looking at, uh, so you can basically replace some
0: of the you know, legacy identity management packages with everything in the web. So is it Entra Identity Manager now? What, what's kind of like, what's the term that's being used now for this cloud one?
1: So that's, it's weird from a branding standpoint and, and it's it's confusing and I still use some of the wrong terms, but, you know, Azure AD, which is kind of what, you know, their directory service that everybody's known on the cloud is now Entra ID. Yeah. So, and I guess, you know, from an I go on ID record, standpoint, I think that's a horrible naming. Maybe it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> um, and then really they have the, the Entra ID governance and they, they've kind of, packaged everything together under the Entra branding in the Entra admin center, which okay. I have to say is, is actually pretty nice because it's it's a one stop, you know, URL that's got all of the pieces combined now, which is which is nice enough to hunt and peck through like the the portal, the Azure portal and some other things to find all everything you
0: need. So you've been so you've been working with the Microsoft identity tool since inception, it sounds like pretty much. Is that yeah. right? So <laughs> You're, I'm just going to say, I think you've got to be the leading expert in Microsoft identity management tools. I'm just going to put that out there. And so, where, what do companies do now? So, if you're on Mim right now, are you just telling people just go ahead and stay until 2029, and maybe they'll extend support past then? Or are you trying to tell them, hey, start thinking about migrating? What's what's kind of your your message to existing clients?
1: Yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at with our existing clients. Is you have to you have to start looking at migrating. You know, a lot of a lot of these clients and a lot of probably other um, you know, the legacy identity packages, you know, the, the oracles of the world, these are super, super complicated packages because they've done, they can do just about anything, right? Yep. Not that you necessarily want them to, but they've been heavily modified over the years and lots of custom workflows and custom code and things like that. And you got to, you got to kind of change your way of thinking. You know, you want to get the, get the identities into the cloud, um, and worry more about what they can do when they're there. Right. So don't put a whole lot of controls over the identity themselves as much as, you know, what do they have access to, you know, by default, they don't access anything and then, you know, make sure that uh, you're looking at what they have access to. You're testing that access on a regular basis, you know, those, those kind of things. And for large clients, that's, that's a major undertaking, so it's going to take a lot of time to
0: oh, yeah. kind of get them into that way of thinking. So are you are you telling people right now to get prepared to migrate into the Entra Identity Manager kind of suite ish thing going on in there? Or are you also entertaining the thought of skipping Microsoft altogether and going for some other completely different vendor? So I
1: think most of the existing MIM customers that we have they're already well into the microsoft ecosystem yeah so i think it makes a lot more sense for them you know if you're already heavily using azure right and all the things that go with azure and you're already licensing a lot of those things then it may not be that big of a deal from a licensing standpoint to add in the like the governance pieces the workflow pieces to have the whole thing going on in the cloud
0: do you know if any like the i forget what they're called like e5 or whatever look like, those are huge all-encompassing licenses do you know if any of those cover the identity management piece Entra IDM I'm not sure so they called. do have if
1: you're if you're in the Azure p2 space okay there they have an upgrade for the for the p2 space which is actually pretty inexpensive it's like four dollars a user and that's you know that's list that's list pricing so I'm sure if you have a big enterprise agreement you're going to get something a lot cheaper than that. But I think they can make a good play that if you're already in that Azure world, then the add-on for all the governance pieces is probably cheaper than even, you know, you know, paying an Okta or maybe even a SailPoint or some of those some of those other packages.
0: Do they delineate between workforce and Siam? So that's a big split now in the identity world. Is is intro doing that?
1: Yeah, they do. And they're they're trying to get you know, they're getting a lot more into the Siam offerings and, you know, the B2C space. And we have some customers that are doing more in the B2C, you know, and some of their multi-tenant stuff even comes from the B2C world because it helps them, you know, they kind of combine all of your, your customers into a single tenant and then manage that with some of the existing, you know, tools that are already out there. So they're definitely doing a lot in that space. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily a leader in that space okay. yet, but they're
0: heading in a good direction. Okay, and how does, is, do they have something like connectors? Like kind of, I'm just thinking of like how all the other kind of tools work to connect to various systems for provisioning. Um, if like, let's say, I don't know, if I want to, Windows is normally the obvious one that we want to provision into. If we want to provision to some other directory, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud, how does that kind of work? What are all the pieces involved? Let's say to get on-prem, right? If I have an on-prem directory system I want to provision into from Azure or Entra ID, sorry. How do we, what are all the pieces we have to set up to make that happen? So they have a lot
1: of applications in their application catalog. So these enterprise applications that people have kind of been using for years to do kind of the, the SSO into other other apps, like other cloud-hosted things. But now they've got additional things with your HCM system, for instance. You can put in an application, and then you can provision directly from you know, Workday or success factors and things like that directly on into your on-prem AD and your, you know, Azure AD slash ENTRE ID. Um, so they've, they've made a lot of strides in that world to be able to get, to be able to automate the provisioning. And, and part of that is some of the, they have what's called as a um, ECMA connector, which is a, which is, it has a SAML front end that, that installs on-prem into a directory service. So that's, it can, it can basically connect to anything you want. Um, So you can, you can do SQL and, you know, generic LDAP, and there's even a PowerShell connector. So they've they've come a long way to be able to connect to any of your legacy systems. And I think they would like everybody just to go all into the cloud, right? And not have on, you know, on-prem, stuff anymore, but that's you know, it's not really realistic right now, and most companies are in some sort of a hybrid scenario.
0: So that PowerShell connector, does that, is that basically um, Entra IDM sending a provisioning request on prem to some server that then kicks off a PowerShell script, or what? How's what's that one do? Do you know? Yes,
1: yeah. So that's that's part of that ECMA framework where you have the Saml listener on prem, and and Entra just. Communicates with that directly based on, you know, if you, you can provision someone to an app and it does SAML to that on-prem connector and that calls the PowerShell scripts and gives the PowerShell scripts all of the information. So basically, once it's in PowerShell, you can do
0: anything that PowerShell can connect to, right, at that point, which is basically anything. That's interesting. Cause I, I mean, I remember a little while ago, I was working with Oracle Identity Manager and they had. Uh, they wanted certain stuff to happen on the Windows domain controllers to add them to groups. They were doing like some entitlement provisioning. And the crazy hops that had to happen were insane. It was like OEM had to make a call to a Linux box. And then on there was a Perl script that would run and create a passwordless SSH connection SSH connection into the Windows server to execute a PowerShell script to do the things that it wanted to do. It was it was a nightmare. And it's all custom so when one thing breaks or you want a little change made it just it was a nightmare to have to, to deal with yeah we've done some of that stuff
1: with kind of the you know, top secret connectors in the mainframes yeah. and things oh, like the, the as400s and you know it was always When good are we going to get the rid of
0: mainframe when can we all just hold hands around the world and say we're done we don't need a mainframe anymore let's get off of this stuff <laughs> well i've been around for a long time and that was going on 30 years ago right yeah it's going to be ago, around we'll 30 years from now mainframe. too <laughs> Is the same. So um, with uh, time to ILM, what is what's Microsoft's or enter IDs, single sign on solution? Because we know ADFS for Federation, is that just they're just using Federation for everything? Or is there any type of a session based SSO, like tool that can tie to your on prem environment?
1: Well, they have the, you know, all the applications with the standard SSO, um, and they can do SAML provisioning into some of those applications. Um, for on prem, they do have an application proxy as well, so if you just have something on-prem that's that's uh, just some web app that you need to get access to, you can actually add that to the app proxy in in Azure or Entra. I've got to keep making those that distinction in Entra, <laughs> and uh, then you can put all the tools around that. You know, your conditional access you know, where Azure or Entra ID becomes your IDP
0: even for all of your on-prem access. I think we should just stop saying Entra. We'll just we're going to start a protest right now. We're just going to say Azure. They've already coined the term. We've already learned it. You can't change it. I'm sorry. I say we're we're going to sign sign the petition. No more Entra. Entra. I, I don't even pronounce it. I, who cares? Um, so what about orchestration? Is Microsoft diving into the orchestration field to go up against like Da Vinci, Strata, Strata, um, Rock Identity? Like they have their their orchestration tool as well. Is um, Microsoft have anything out now or anything in the pipeline that you know of? I think they
1: started more down the orchestration path with uh, some of their endpoint stuff, okay? So with the uh, system center and uh, but yeah, they're they're doing they're doing a lot of the of the workflow components now that are kind of front-ending some of their other pieces. Like you have Power Apps, you have um, Azure Logic Apps. So they've got their lifecycle workflow components are kind of on front of those and so their lifecycle workflows is more of a it's more of a triggering mechanism, I guess. Right. Then that then it calls some of these other other pieces. So some of the built-in triggering they they call it uh, movers uh, or joiners, movers and levers. I think, um, which has never been a Microsoft term, but I I've, I've been told that those are terms used in other applications. Um, so it's basically, yeah. So sure. it's, it's basically the, the triggering mechanism that you set up to then call. It's got a few, some built in things. But then if there's something it can't do with the built in things, you can just call, you know, Azure Logic Apps okay. and do kind of anything at that point.
0: Do you know if they are you using the, the skim protocol for, for like lifecycle type calls, internal, external to so like third parties or? Yeah. So most
1: everything that, um, Entre communicates with is this skim based. Okay. So they even have um, something that we've used for multiple clients and they have a SCIM um, listener in the cloud. So if you have some system that doesn't really communicate well, you know, bi-directional with SKIM, you can have your own um, something that your own application that's running, that's pulling information from that. Maybe it's even a SQL query or something. And then you're, you're converting it to skim and pushing it straight up to, to Azure.
0: Okay. Um, is Microsoft tying any AI into the identity tools at all? They
1: are. Uh, I, I haven't really done a lot with that, um, but one of the things that we've actually discussed with them is being able to take all of your access management and through AI, well, I guess I should probably, I should probably back that up. I mean, they do a lot of AI in like monitoring your access things like that. Okay. So, like risk-based. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's more risk-based stuff, but they're okay. they're trying to get into more of the application access environment too. And so maybe you have, you know, a thousand groups that are all giving you access to different things and some of their AI tools now can, can take a look at all that. It's almost, I would, I would kind of equate it to the old, old school role mining kind of stuff that we used to do. Oh, wow. You know, back in the day, i I blocked all that, (laughs) it's all suppressed. We don't talk about role mining anymore. (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing as here's all, here's all, everything that's given you between the access packages and the groups and giving you access to something, um, to have these AI tools kind of look at that and help you kind of consolidate those and, and maybe, you know, manage those in in different ways.
0: Okay. And then, so Microsoft had Entra ID, it was an actual it was I think it was in the authenticator app. There was a verifiable credentials, and they were originally calling that ENTRA ID for what I remember. So I guess they scrapped that. Are they so are they still using verifiable credentials? Is that being tied into this whole new Entra ID? They are, and it's it is part of the of the admin
1: portal. Uh um, okay. the entre Entra admin portal. There's a verifiable verifiable credential component that goes with that. Okay.
0: Have you seen anyone adopting that in the enterprise-wide side? I have not. So yeah. far, I know I know it's there. I haven't done a I haven't done a whole lot with it. Yeah, I've I've yet to see anyone use it yet. So we'll see what happens. Um, so my big thing is decentralized ID, right? That's why I love talking about decentralization, self-sovereign. Um, and Microsoft, they're actually part of the DID spec, like they're they're one of the contributors in there. Uh, but again, I feel like they're tying it back to the whole verifiable credential and not actually being truly decentralized. But again, why would they spend a ton of money? for something open that they would not be able to own and control. Um, have you seen anything with regards to decentralized identity? Have you played with that at all from the Microsoft standpoint?
1: I haven't. I mean, they they allow for other IDP components because they yeah. kind of have to. I mean, even stuff maybe you probably should never use like Facebook, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like social um, logins and things. In the, your, your, your Gmail accounts, they'll, they'll allow for that kind of stuff, um, you know, not really decentralized in any way, right? So um, they really want everyone, they want Azure or Entra ID to be your to be your IDP. And they're even doing that in mostly in the B2C space now too, right? So I was saying that earlier that they're they're kind of bringing those all into their own tenant as opposed to the truly decentralized
0: ID. Okay. So what would you say is something like cool? that Microsoft is doing where it's like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty neat. I haven't seen this before. This is offering a lot of flexibility or promise and for the future of making identity better. Have you seen anything like that that's kind of like jumped out at you? Um, No. Yeah, I
1: don't know if that's the thing. I don't know that they're necessarily a leader in, yeah. in a lot of these spaces. Um. I think, uh, you know, and I don't don't want to insult anyone at Microsoft, but I I always joke about them being more of a a steamroller kind of approach. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. I think of the Austin Powers, you know, and the the steamroller running over the guy, but, um, you know, they're they're very, they're slow and they they keep moving, but at some
0: point, you know, here they are and they've got got all the components and, you know, they just keep things rolling. I remember them when they came up with Azure, just their cloud. It it was I, the directive had to have been from the very top. You are selling this. Everyone yeah. is to go to Azure. I don't care. Get everyone on the cloud. Because man, those sales guys were just everything was Azure trying to get people up into their cloud, and I, it never made any sense to me because at the time, you know, AWS just was murdering it compared to Azure, and it was also cheaper, it was more flexible, a lot more availability zones. I mean pretty much in every way, unless you're an AD shop, it was better. Um, but still, now everyone's in Azure, you know? I mean, they—they, I think you're right about that steamroller effect, right, they just went out to their sales team and said, this is what we're doing, go make it happen, don't sell anything else. Like, I don't know if they just got crazy bonuses every time they got someone into the cloud, but now pretty much every client has Azure AD, ADFS, something going on in Azure, it's pretty, well, Yep, yeah, that's the, we're calling the, it is the
1: true. cloud licensing big <laughs> push. and then I think it was a year or two later they started using the consumption push because they found out that, hey, just buying the licenses isn't enough. You got to make sure people are actually using these things because yeah. you know once you get heavily tied in,
0: it's not so easy to uh, to move on to something else. So how is the licensing on the the ID? You said it's is it like it's, you it's per user like it's as it anything else tied to? it? Is it literally just however many users on a, like a monthly, if it's touched or just if it's in there in the directory or how's that kind of work, do You know? yeah
1: it's per user per month and there are some if you want the users to truly be managed um like with some of the access workflows and the attestation processes that you're gonna have to pay for those users they've got some other options you know maybe for you know some of our clients that have people that are kind of uh, you know working an assembly line or something like that right they're yeah. not necessarily going to have to have a full governance license they can get away with some of the lower end just the, you know Azure p1 licenses and you know maybe even a, an F1 or p1 if they need if email things like
0: that some of the really more simpler stuff cool So um, if you had to like, you've been working in the identity space with Microsoft forever and, and I don't know anyone that knows more than you out there, so what would you say to like clients that are interested in moving to possibly the new Entra ID? Because I've had a lot of clients hit me up and say, hey, what's going on with this Entra ID stuff? Should we be looking into this? Because we have a whatever license with Microsoft or we're, we're hugely tied into Microsoft. We're pushing everything into Azure, you know, and we're sitting there telling them, oh, you should be looking at ForgeRock. You should be looking at Ping for this or SailPoint or whatever. And then they keep coming back. Well, what about Entra ID? What do you think? And my answer has always been, I don't know it's one, it's new and two, it's, you know, built off the legacy, you know, MIM, FIM, uh, whatever all the acronyms were, and I've never really touched them too much. So um, what would you say to someone that's kind of looking for across the board, they're kind of open, but they really want to know more about ID. Yeah,
1: so if you're already in that ecosystem, and you've already got a lot of the licensing, you should look at what the, you know, what the upcharge is going to be. For your clients, you know what actually you need to do, and then if you're paying, you know, a big legacy vendor a lot of money, yeah. um, it might actually be a cheaper option for you as long as there's as long as it does everything you need and you don't find like one, you know, deal
0: killer that you know doesn't allow you something that it something that it doesn't so do. So, what are some of the shortcomings that you've seen? Um, it's
1: it's a lot. A lot of there's there's companies that want to do some things that maybe they shouldn't be doing anymore. Um, you know, some of the group management components from the end user standpoint. So you know, from an admin standpoint, it's pretty easy to do dynamic groups, um, distribution yeah. lists. You know, now they've got M three hundred and sixty five groups. You know, they're kind of pushing everybody more toward the M three hundred and sixty five group standpoint, from a, especially from an end user standpoint. So there are companies that they still want to do, you know, classic dynamic groups and, and you know, there's, you've got the Entre Admin Center, but users themselves usually go to a more, much more simplified interface. So there's a, my groups portal and a, my access portal and a, my apps portal that are all kind of tied together that are, that are end user facing. And there's still some functionality that is, is lacking in those okay. those portals. You know, you don't necessarily so, want to get end users
0: to the ad, the whole full admin center, right? You just want if, them to if you had the direct line and connection, the you know, the ear to the product owner, director, manager of Entra ID that's coming out, or maybe you do, I don't even know. What would you tell them? Like, hey, look, these are the things you need to add, or you know what would be awesome is if you did X, Y, and Z. What would what would you recommend to them to kind of make the product better for what you've seen and what client kind of requirements have been?
1: You know, I think the, the group management piece is a big one uh, from an end user standpoint. There is also some attestation components, which I think they've come a long way in okay. that world. Um, you know, with their all the access review pieces. Uh, I wish there was a better automated way to apply those. Um, okay. You know, there are some things you can do it with workflow, and you can you can set up some default things and and apply them, but you know, some, especially the big clients there, they have a pretty big access review world, right. And they might want some special, some special things in certain circumstances that maybe we could auto apply, you know, based on the ownership or things like that, or based on something about, you know, the group itself or the access package itself, um, as opposed to going in and, you know, kind of setting these all up separately under special circumstances.
0: So, with your company, E Security Partners, you focus on more like implementation, architecture. What's kind of like your kind of special sauce over there? What do you what do you like doing the most for, in helping out your clients?
1: So, we're a professional services
0: company. Um, you know, so that's for the most part we're doing the, the big implementations for all of these. Okay. Uh, what have you seen has been kind of in the past, let's say three years, the trend uh, from clients in this Microsoft world that you've kind of seen them going to?
1: Well, I think everybody is looking at what's next, right? Especially if, yep. you're, if you're in the MIM space, um, you know, Microsoft initially announced, I think it was uh, 2026 end of life and everybody panicked. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so they moved it to 2029 and, you know, who knows if they'll, if they'll move it again in, in a couple of years or not, but, uh, you know, I think that's that's been the hard thing is everybody everybody's like, okay, we gotta we gotta worry what's next. And you know, now we have a little bit of breathing room, but yeah. you know, everybody's looking at moving on.
0: Cool. Um, so, what do you like doing? Uh, if you had a dream client come to you, like, what would be the perfect client if they said, hey, D security, I need your help with this, and you're like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. What would that be?
1: So, I mean, it's
0: I'm still kind of an identity guy
1: right at at heart so you know personally maybe that don't speak for the whole company when i say this but you know personally i like i like the big identity projects um you know nowadays there's there's not it's not really just identity anymore you have to be considering access as part of that same project yep. because that's kind of where things have gone over the years right it's really about you know the zero trust and, and yep. you know, just in time yeah you know, and so it's those are all big portions but i still like the Still like the big, the big projects when you kind of get to look at the whole, the whole picture.
0: Have you worked with anything of like identity provisioning on demand for like an ephemeral ID creation?
1: There are a couple of things in, um, you know, PIM for groups is something fairly new. Um, so I haven't done much from a client perspective, but I've done a lot of labbing with that. So that's your, you know, privileged identity group management. And one of the things, um, you know, just in time group management based on the privileged identity pieces in, in Entra. but one of the things it'll, it allow you to do is do real time provisioning. So you can add somebody to a group, you know, based on the, the PIM management, as opposed to just the standard access packages which can be, you know, time-based for an hour, right? You can ask somebody to a group for an hour. Um, and that will automatically trigger provisioning to the systems that those are tied to. So you can, you know, theoretically do real-time provisioning for somebody to get access to something that they need and then remove it an hour later, which is, which
0: is kind of cool. Do you know of any cool, like, third-party, maybe, like other vendors or program software that really help or integrate or do some really cool feature that you've been using a lot? It's kind of your go-to in your bag. Well, I mean, there's definitely
1: some lacking pieces in the, the Azure application catalog, or maybe it's Entre application catalog at this point. I don't know. So I know that, uh... We're not saying Entre anymore. <laughs> okay, the <laughs> Azure application catalog. So they, I mean, there's a lot of you know the HCM systems are one thing, right? So I mean, if you're if you're a company that does, that's you're a application, you know, creator, and you're you can create some of your own stuff. And so we've seen some things, and actually been introduced to some other companies by Microsoft, say for instance, uh, you're, you're using Oracle HCM, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no native connector for for Oracle HCM, which I, I don't know why and hmm. they wouldn't have that, you know, why Microsoft didn't create that themselves. But yeah. there's there are third party application vendors you can go to. And it's so, like, yeah, we have something that plugs right in as an enterprise application to the entreportal and connects right to your Oracle system and, and brings in your right. you know, all your accounts. So there's some
0: nice things like that that are uh, cool. good for you so third party. Let's say you're Batman of identity management and you have your, bet, your belt of tools, so your laptop, what are kind of like your just your personal tools that you like to go to a lot that you find help save you a ton of time or make life a little bit easier for you from just an engineering you know, day-to-day perspective? Well, I mean, I use PowerShell, right? In, in the Microsoft <laughs> world, you,
1: you kind of... You Do you have a Microsoft
0: that? tattoo anywhere that we should go about? <laughs> but, you I mean, love you Teams too, you, don't right? you? It, it, it
1: communicates with everything, and if you need to... You need to automate something, you know. I need to take a look at these, you know, thousand groups and get them created in some other system. You know, it's it's just it's just something to. It's a good tool, so uh, so that's why I like the PowerShell, you know, um, the ECMA PowerShell connector because just because of that, because I know once I get everything into PowerShell, I can do. You can do whatever
0: you want at it. that point, right? Nice. Okay, so let's say you have. Uh, you want to tell a client five things that are looking to either migrate into Azure ID, enter ID or uh, they're going to completely skip from a completely different vendor into, this, into the new Microsoft world. What would be five things that you would tell them to kind of start now to be, have the most successful rollout possible? So you have to look at all of your, your authoritative sources first, right?
1: If they think that's You know, do you have your HCM systems, you have some kind of other, you know, contractor system, Uh, you know, what are your what are your sources for everything and then you know how do you determine. What they need access to so not just um, in the cloud, but on prem all of your systems that they're going to have to access and then how do you auto determine what they have access to and then. How do you figure out, you know, from your access packages, who's not just who not just gets them automatically, but who's allowed to have them, right? And yeah. and everything that goes along with that. And then the next step would be to look at, you know, your your privileged things. So how you know how do you monitor um, your your administrative level components and how that what what they have access to and how they actually you
0: know use that access. And then okay. my last question, what's your favorite <laughs> What's your favorite Hacker movie? What's my favorite what? Hacker movie. My favorite Hector movie? Hacker, like breaking into code. Hacker. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know that I have that. Stuff. Okay, I'll give you any movie with a computer in it. What would you say it would be? <laughs> Obviously, I like The Matrix. I think everybody, everybody, everybody likes that. Um, it's a great movie. Yeah. Do you think we're living in the Matrix? Do you think we're living in a simulation right now?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's you know, I guess from a, a line from that from the Matrix movies is they they tried to make it perfect for everybody and decided people couldn't handle that, right? So they had to bring it back to uh, <laughs> more of a world that's got faults in it. So I don't know. If we were in the Matrix, would it be a would it be better? I I, I don't know. I guess that's the, if, that's the question.
0: If there was a Microsoft Entra implantable device that could let me kind of like Neuralink that would make you hardwired, would you do it?
1: I don't know. I haven't been reaching out to Elon to get my, to get my head (laughs) head open to his implanted device. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, uh, direct interface to some sort of an AI would be kind of impressive. I don't know that that's not really a Microsoft necessarily thing, but, um, I think that would be interesting you know, in my case, getting older, I'd say just a simple, you know, calculator interface would be really nice. (laughs) Do math real time.
0: That's awesome. Cool, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been a ton of fun. I've learned a lot because like I said, I I don't know the Microsoft world very well. So these are all questions that have been on my head. I'm sure a lot of other people are are pretty interested in this. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell people anything that you guys are doing or going to be anywhere that you want to meet up with or anything like that?
1: Um, no, I just I just think you know that's this is the thing this is the next step, right? So whatever you're doing in the identity and access world, you kind of got to be looking at the looking at the cloud, and cool. uh, you know Microsoft from a cloud perspective has got some pretty good
0: offerings. So I think it's you know it's, it's so if people want to, to reach consider. out to you and get a hold of you because I'm sure a lot of people have questions, how what's the best way to reach you?
1: I'll uh, be reaching by email. Um, we're we're looking at setting up some some webinars. For the you know Entre-ID governance space, um, so hopefully we'll have something like that set up set oh, up nice. soon where people Make sure can register you like and ask questions.
0: <laughs> cool man, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank have you. a great weekend. You See you around, man. You too.